Attention, duelists! My hair is authorizing me to begin this podcast. I'm Nora, joined by Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. Uh, we watched two new episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! That's so true. I don't know why you said it like that, though. I guess they're not that new. They aired in 1998. That's true. I'm more the way you went like Yu-Gi-Oh! There are people listening to this podcast who were not alive in 1998. Man. Woof. Kim, write us in. Send us an email next week. Kim wasn't alive in 1998? No. What the fuck? Like, I knew this, you know, but it's another thing to know it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, an- it's one thing to know how young your friend is. It's another thing to think about the specific years in which you were alive and they were not. There could be people listening to this podcast who uh, were not alive until after Naruto started. When did Naruto start? The anime in 2002. Wow. Manga, I think, was 99. So. Uh, Regardless. It's Yu-Gi-Oh time. (laughs) The relentless march of time comes for us all in the end. Episode 18 is called Don't Touch the Forbidden Game. Yugi befriends a bully boy named Imori, and the two discover the forbidden game Dragon Block. The evil game takes control of Imori, and he challenges a clueless Yugi to play the game. The evil Imori overcomes Yugi, causing him to lose his soul. However, it turns out that Yami Yugi is still there, and he challenges Imori to a shadow game where the loser's soul will be devoured by this Dragon Block. Yeah, and then he does that. <laughs> and and yeah. He does it, but you don't know that this is like an evil joker fight like separate soul so you think for the whole episode that yami yugi's going to kill this kid and then the kid's soul goes into the dragon block and yami yugi's like actually i didn't kill this kid i only just dis- only banished yami imori uh just very uh, th- that whole part of the episode i think this is a weak one for sure yeah the game makes no fucking sense i mean i guess it does make sense but there's no clever twist on it. It's just they cheat. Yeah. Like, the game makes sense. And then when it comes time to, like, actually play the game, it's like, um, they just kind of start making shit up. It, it literally goes to playground rules where Yuki's like, well, my dragons, they they give each other power. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, my dragons give each other power, but better. There are roots that are going into your earth dragon. It's it's bad. Um, the game itself, probably fun. Yeah, like, it's this game where you have these, like, you have these blocks that have, like, Chinese characters on them for different elements, and you're trying to, every turn you discard one and draw one. And you try to get three of each element to form a dragon. So you need six total to form two dragons. And then, like, each dragon beats another kind of dragon. Um, So then when you both have two dragons, you, like, fight it out. And depending on elemental weaknesses, like, one of you is probably going to win and probably going to lose. I didn't think about that whole schema of dragons, but I assume it has been arranged in a way so that, like, you can't stalemate, you know? I think so. But also, I you know, it, you go until one of you attacks, which probably is when they have two dragons. But I guess you could attack just with one and hope that the enemy, the your your opponent just doesn't have anything. Because then you just win. Well, 
is interesting, yeah. And then you can see, like, from the car- from the tiles that are discarded, you know. Because this is what Imori's thinking. is like, oh, I can see from the tiles that he's discarding that he's going for fire dragons, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... And then you can kind of play mind games where, like, what if you were to discard a tile that you actually needed, but in order to give your opponent a false idea? And, you know, that's that's potentially interesting, but I feel like they just kind of toss this More away. interesting than this episode... It's more interesting than this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! is. Yeah. Um, but then they, they win and they seal the game away again, and it can't hurt anybody anymore. Yeah. Because the game was evil... Mm-hmm. Because of Feng Shui? Yeah. Sure. It it's it's a very like it feels like a very perfunctory episode because they just kind of throw stuff out there. You know, like, oh the mm-hmm. game's evil because it's something something the Earth's energy is something something. Um Just like the Millennium Puzzle. I guess. That's what they say. Oh, that's true. I guess Yugi's grandfather's got the Millennium Puzzle, which I am letting you wear around your neck and I'm not asking you about, by the way, has mysterious powers. Uh, this is a great week for Yugi not really thinking about the implications of, like, the occult artifact that he wears around his neck. <laughs> huh. We also, metaphysically, we get yeah. the confirmation that Yugi, that Yami Yugi and Yugi are separate souls. Yes. Because Yugi loses and then Yami Yugi shows up and in his own words, he bets his second soul in order to play another yes. round of the game. So they are, they are separate beings. Um, we're working on like, I don't know if we're going to do exactly the backstory from like, you know, dual monsters, but they are separate entities. This is not, like, Yugi getting, like, power and then that changing his personality. It's, like, it's a whole Mm -hmm. different guy in there. There's two guys for the price of one. Yugi's a supermarket special. Hell yeah. Um, we might have... Hmm. I'm just looking at our future episodes real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. It seems like we've got a weird three-part arc coming out. Okay. I could watch a three-part arc all at once. But there's one episode before that, and then after that is a three-episode hmm. arc. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> Four-episode uh, episode. Let's go. Okay, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do 20 through 23 then next episode. All right, then. Yeah. Uh... Oh, wait, no. Hmm? Is that also... Okay, it might be 21 through 24 are all part of the same arc. I'm unclear on this now. Okay. We'll have to watch the anime and figure it out. Okay. We'll issue we'll issue a clarification on the Twitter. Um I mentioned this cuz I have not really anything else to say about Don't Touch the Forbidden Game. I want to say one thing. Yeah. Which is like there is such a like, this character of Imori, he's, like, so nothing, you know? Like, he's such an obvious parallel to Yugi, and they just do nothing with it. Yeah. Like, he's, like, Joker-fied Yugi, um, and they don't do anything with that. 
which is so weird. Like, he's also this, like, cowardly bullied kid who loves games and has no friends. Um, and then, like, unleashes, like, a dark game that transforms him. Um, and there's just, like, no reflection from the show or Yugi at the parallels between them. Yeah. Um, this is what Yugi would be if he'd found the rod instead of the puzzle. Yeah. Early on, uh, Jonochi says, like, don't get involved with this kid because he sucks and will bring you down. And I'm like, well, that's a mean thing to say. Except he's right. Yeah. He's just proven right. In this episode, like, yeah, he goes Joker mode and tries to kill you. Um, I guess in the end it's revealed because he got corrupted by the puzzle. Um, Or, not the puzzle, the uh, dragon block game. game. But still. (sighs) Um, Do you want to talk about The Great Melee, a popularity contest? Um, I just want to shout out the one good scene in this where... Uh, it's established in Dragon Block that you have to, like, claim a base on, like, a real world right, map. Yes. And then and then if you lose, like, a natural disaster or something will happen at that area. Um, and in the final game, Imori just sets his uh, base in the middle of the ocean. Uh, so when his dragons are killed, they are swallowed up by, like, a, a fissure in an ocean, which is then shown to happen in the real world. And it just cuts to two real-life fishermen. We're like, you see that shit? Wild. <laughs> um, I want. I don't go to sea in Yu-Gi-Oh. Bad things will happen to you there. Um. But uh, also, you place your your opponent's base. Yeah. So Yugi placed Imori's in the ocean, and Imori placed Yugi's in downtown Tokyo, <laughs> which. There's some, there's also something very funny to me about them being in, like, Domino City, and then in this episode, they're like, yes, Tokyo. Imori's like, I hate <laughs> the city of Tokyo, specifically. I have such bad memories of there. Are we supposed to understand Domino City as, like, a subdivision of Tokyo? Or is Imori just a kid who's like, fuck the capital, specifically? But isn't Kyoto the capital? Um, now you got me down. I'm pretty sure Tokyo was the modern day capital of Japan. Capital of Japan, Tokyo. Okay. Yeah, and Kyoto's the historical capital. Uh, I guess, I guess so. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a Japan scholar. Don't hold me to this. It is... The capital. Tokyo. But there is... Here. Hold on. See, this other page calls it the de facto capital is Tokyo. What does that mean? Um, is it like a New York City situation? I was thinking of Edo, which is renamed to Tokyo. Okay. Maybe, is what I was thinking. Regardless, I think Tokyo is... Okay, so Wikipedia says, Traditionally, the home of the emperor is considered the capital. From 1794 through... 794. Yeah, 794 through 1868, the emperor lived in Heian-kyo, modern-day Kyoto. 
after 1868, the seat of the government of Japan and the location of the emperor's home was moved to Edo, which it renamed Tokyo. So I think yeah. the reference to the de facto capital is a reference to like, it's not, it's it's supposed to be where the emperor lives, is the capital of Japan. So I think that's what it means by de facto. Okay. Just that like, the emperor lives there and thus it is the capital, not that like, there's something in Japanese law that says Tokyo is the capital. Okay. That's that's my assumption, at least. Uh, Wikipedia is not very helpful. Um, do you want to talk about the popularity contest? Sure, yeah. Um, Let's talk about the transgender episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Jesus Christ. With Honda's support, Miho enters a popularity contest against arrogant school beauty Kaoruko Himakoji. When Kaoruko resorts to cheating and hurts Miho, Yami Yuki challenges her to a shadow game. She is bound to lose. Uh, what this episode description doesn't mention is the most important scene in this episode. To you, I don't care about Bakura. The gaydar goes off and it points at <laughs> Bakura. It sends hypno rings at Bakura. <laughs> but let's be explicit. And then Bakura yes. walks up and says, Did I show you anything? Did I do anything to you? <sighs> and he's like, Oh, I, I lose my memory sometimes. I'm glad nothing happened. Haha, <laughs> okay. Bye. So let's let's step through this one, okay? So yeah. Honda is at the fucking student council meeting. And he's like, yes. Can I get some budget to clean the school? Please? Why do we have a fan club for an individual student that is using student council funds? Just because the vice president is horny for this girl? And the vice president is like, man, fuck you. What girl are you horny for? And because Honda is an idiot, he's like, well, Miho, obviously. Um, And so they get into a fight about which girl they simp for is prettier. And uh, they decide to have a popularity contest to decide the most popular girl in school and who and if um the vice president's girl wins what does he get is honda gonna quit the club is he gonna disband the beautification Uh, club i think i think he is going to uh take away all the budget from the beautification club okay you do realize they like clean the school right (laughs) i think no he's too busy being horny uh, and and if Miho wins, uh, the vice president will uh, give them back their half of the the their half of the budget. Um, yeah, weird stakes weird, for this one. Weird stakes. <laughs> it gets weirder when Jonochi finds out that the uh, prize for the beauty contest are tickets to Beauty and the Beast, uh, which he wants to get so that he can sell them to make money. <laughs> Which is just a very weird thread running through this episode that is mostly an excuse for this one scene where he dresses up like a woman and it's like, ooh, man in dress, ho ho. Um, But the part when he gets, the part when after he gets kicked out of the contest and they go to the swimsuit part and he just grumbles, I got a really good swimsuit for this. (laughs) That part was funny. (laughs) I thought that's what they were going to do when Miho's swimsuit was destroyed they were going to use jonochi's that would have been a fucking chekhov's gun yeah 
uh, no, the resolution is dumber. Instead, they take a mermaid costume from the drama class. Uh-huh. And then, and then don't even bother to animate how Miha would move around in this mermaid costume. It's fine. Uh, but Miho didn't even want to go in, right? This is where Bakura no. comes in. She doesn't... She she doesn't care about musicals. No. Um, nor does she care about popularity contests. She's very like, yeah, I mean, I just lose. I'm kind of just some girl. <laughs> um, but then... But then... Then she sees Bakura, and she's like, that guy's a hunk. I <laughs> want him to escort me onto the stage yeah this is another thing that like the winner has to be escorted onto stage by a man and so honda wants to do that for miho and miho wants bakura to do it for her so she says hey please come to my school and escort me at the beauty competition and bakura goes no thank you have a nice day ma'am and walks away (laughs) for the rest of the he just he just looks at her and leaves i don't think he even (laughs) says anything he's just not interested uh, not even slightly. His presence in this episode is so funny. He's literally just it's... there to be here, and the, the story contorts itself so that he doesn't have anything to do and has no significance other than showing himself. <laughs> he shows up and says the line about memory so that at the end of the episode, when Yugi's like, oh, I wonder what happened. And then he can flash back to Bakura saying that he loses his memory sometimes. And literally go, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care about this actually. Oh well. I'm gonna go game. He he forgets it faster than you can say episodic television. <laughs> but yeah. Um one thing I did think was cute about the beauty contest was like the dynamics of the crowd cheering, because it really quickly becomes like um this like you know, Queen Bee Lady versus Miho. But I like that Yugi is just... Yugi finds out that Anzu is going into the competition, so he's cheering for her. And I I like the scene where Yugi has, like... Yugi is the only one with, like, a pro-Anzu sign, but one of the girls yells, Good job, Yugi! We're rooting for you! (laughs) So there's, like... He's the only one rooting for Anzu, but there are specifically some students who are rooting for him, rooting for Anzu, because it's cute to watch him with the sign. And also, when he's cheering for Anzu, he sounds like the Elder Scrolls Online E3 lady. Sure. There was that E3 a couple years ago where whenever somebody mentioned Elder Scrolls Online stuff, there was this one lady in the crowd who was just close enough to the guy giving the presentation that her screams would pick up on his microphone. (laughs) Good for her. She was fucking psyched. (laughs) Good for her. I hope I hope she got the Elder Scrolls fucking announcement that she wanted. Yeah, she did. <laughs> that was when they announced Tamriel Unlimited or whatever it is. Uh, something about what regions you can travel to got or whatever. It. In the MMO. Yeah, in the MMO. Got it. Okay. Well, if I were <laughs> if I were a student at Domino High, I too would root for Yugi rooting for Anzu. Yeah. I don't know if I'm relieved or disappointed that we never got to see her her quote-unquote hip-hop dance. Yeah. Because she, uh-huh. had, because she is sabotaged by the third-year girl. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if that would be funny or cringe. Probably both. Pro- hopefully, hopefully funny. <laughs> in a little cringe. Rather than really cringe and only a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she has to drop out and then... The third-year girl tries to, like, sabotage Miho by destroying her, uh, like, bikini. There's a bikini section? I feel like if I were a teacher at Domino High, I would stop, I would put a stop to this beauty contest. I don't think you should have, like, a swimsuit, like, posing session. Um, There's not a single teacher involved in this production, despite it needing, like, lots of setup. Yeah, there's, like, AV shit going on, you know? There's fireworks! I love I love Junichi's line in the beginning where he goes like, "Damn, kids here sure have a lot of free time." <laughs> it's like I don't know about Japan, but here children can't buy fireworks. <laughs> so either an adult did sign off on this, or some of the students are old enough, or uh, they have those, and those are like the school's supply of fireworks for events. Or, alternatively, they illegally obtain fireworks for the illicit beauty pageant that they're holding. Oh, shit. It's a hell of a production for a bunch of middle schoolers. Seriously. Kids at this school have a lot of free time. (laughs) But, yes. So, eventually, the third-year girl calls Miho out behind the gym... Um, and she thinks Bakura has called her out because he is he is here to escort her. But actually, she just fucking chloroforms Miho and leaves her uh-huh. on the ground and goes to do the final round of the competition by and herself. Also tears open the back of her dress. Yeah. And then when Yugi finds her, he picks up the rag and sniffs it. And it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, chloroform. It's like... Hold on, I have some questions. (laughs) Maybe he just got a little whiff of it. (laughs) Yuki knows about chloroform. It's already come up in this series. Yeah, but it's just like, it reminds me of the fucking Plinket Phantom Menace thing about like, how do they know what poison gas they're getting hit with in the Phantom Menace? If they were breathing it, wouldn't they be dead? I think... Did Did he just get a little whiff of it? Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, not to say that Yu-Gi-Oh! is a show that follows, like, the the realistic laws of silence. Or, not silence, science. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that one whiff of chloroform does not actually knock you out. I'm sure it doesn't. It was just funny. <laughs> I think it is likely that Yu-Gi smells like the... And especially if they just left the rag there... Like, yeah. it would dissipate into the air and start to evaporate, so. Probably it reaches a point at which you can smell it and identify it as chloroform, and it does not have any effect on you. <laughs> that was pretty... So he did... I did think it was pretty metal when he shows up behind the stage and he's like... Um, what did he say? His line is... He actually has a cool line here. Um, like, admonishing her. I'm trying to find oh, it. yeah. Let me see. Um. I'm also loading up the episode. Okay, here we go. Yeah, he says, if you're going to do cowardly things to your rivals, prepare to regret it. And she goes, what are you talking about? And he says, you're a pathetic person. You can play dumb, but only after you've beaten me. 
<laughs> Which, like, I don't know. It, it's maybe like... I mean, we know Yugi doesn't know about this stuff happening and doesn't, like, care <laughs> enough to investigate mm-hmm. it. But, like, there is almost... There is almost, like, the implication in this episode that Yugi goes, like, Yami Yugi mode when he figures out what's happened to Miho. Um, it's like, let's get let's get our revenge. That's not actually what's happening, but it's a good vibe. Like, Yami Yugi is a... He's a real shithead in this episode. This is... It keeps happening. Anytime one of his friends is hurt, that's when the puzzle starts glowing. Mm-hmm. And Yami Yugi's like, okay, time to take out the fucking trash. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, the one thing that's gonna get Yami Yugi reliably, uh, kicking yeah. ass. Um, the, uh, he kind of cheats in this one, I'm gonna say it. I feel like if anyone... No, no. I, f- I think he, he pulled he pulled one over on her. I think he was playing in bad faith. Uh, I think that it's fine. <laughs> so their game. On. she's there holding a bouquet yes because she's about to go says, out and get her prized you know yeah she said he says um we're going to take turns drawing flowers from your from the flowers that you have see see and then you you almost said the wrong thing he says from the flowers that you have and then whoever draws the last one well, you can draw. Bruises. You can draw between one to three flowers. Yes, which is the strategy. You can, you can draw between one and three flowers, and whoever draws the last one, loses. And then when they get it down to one, he takes the flower that's in her hair. Yeah, because like her her move in this game is to trap, is to trap basically put Yugi in a trap, get them down to to five five, five flowers. Um, uh, and it basically creates a trap where, um, no matter how many flowers Yugi decides to draw, his opponent, I, we haven't even said her name. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Kaoruko. Kaoruko. Okay. I, I said it in the summer. Okay. I've, I totally forgot her name. But so Kaoruko can just adjust how many flowers she takes and then put him in a position where he has to take it. But yeah, he does yeah. just reach up and take the like flower that's in her hair and be like, ho ho ho. I said the flowers that you have. Not the flowers in your bouquet. And it's like, okay. Alright, buddy. Your punishment is to stand on stage and dump a bucket of water on yourself and then well, walk away sadly. I think her punishment was to see herself like wither and age. Yes. It's like the same thing that all women in this show get. Is it's like, oh, you dumb bitch. What happens when you become ugly? Ooh. But at least this one isn't a permanent thing. No. Like like the makeup girl. It just seems like she goes out on stage and she has lost her desire to be seen as like, you know, hot and popular. Um, So I guess he shows moderately more restraint than he did with um, Miss Chono. Um. He also let Eileen row off pretty easily, so maybe it's just a situation where he kind of fucked up Miss Chono's whole life, and he's like, man, I gotta be nicer to women. Fuck this person specifically. (laughs) Uh, She didn't cheat, though. She tried to play the game honorably, so... Yeah. You know, props to her. 
She has a lot more restraint than most Yu-Gi-Oh villains. Um, Eileen didn't cheat either, right? No, she just got outplayed. I don't think any of the yeah. game masters cheat. I think they just get outplayed. Yeah. Um, and then the teacher whose face got fucked up, she definitely super cheated. She super, she hyper cheated. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we we so, should go back at the end of the season and just did like cheat lost. <laughs> just you know. <laughs> uh, we got an email, right? We did. You said we got one email. Yeah, and I have it. Right here. Oh, who's who sent the email? I'll let you know as soon as I have the email right here. It's it's right here. Hmm. Is it? We got an email, right? I don't know. I'm asking the universe. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't actually look at the email yet. Uh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing an email. You're seeing. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the export audio one. Foolish. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just gonna read the email. All right. Okay, I'm a, I'm on the right email account. Thank you. Uh, got an email from Rick asking which VTuber would each of the main cast be the most into? I'm being typecast as the VTuber girl once again. You're the VTuber girl, Olivia. <sighs> I didn't even watch the... Yugi... Okay, I think Yugi watches. I think Yugi has been watching um, Ollie play chess because that's like the closest mm. thing to a traditional game. Okay, that makes sense. He's like, oh, it's- do you think he's watched the Hollow Ian uh, tabletop? I don't think those are his kinds of games necessarily. He seems like kind of a mechanics and rules guy. Like, I think Yugi would watch, like, Wargaming, but I don't think he'd watch Tabletop Gaming, you know? I I think watching Ame and Ina play chess activated Yami Yugi. (laughs) (laughs) It was was, uh, Watson and Kiara who had the really bad chess game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. Uh, (laughs) He was just standing Uh, there like, hmm, hmm. I think... Now... I'm just going to take all, both versions of the character, but I think Joey watches Hachima. I was going to say that, I was going to say that he would be real into, like, one of those VTubers who just plays, like, seven hours of Apex a day. Hmm. Joey definitely... So Iris? (laughs) Joey definitely seems like the kind of guy who's like, I just want to watch a hot girl, like, be good at a multiplayer game. So I guess what I'm saying is I think Joey would go for, uh, uh, Selene. I was trying to remember if Rick asked specifically for Hollow Live VTubers. That's my no. Uh I, 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 I still say Iris for Joey. Okay. 
Um, I think Trist. I think uh, Honda. He's just purely in it for the hot girls. He's just gonna pick like the hottest girl streamer and just watch her. <laughs> he probably watches like. Well, I guess he's a Japanese guy, so he would understand Japanese VTubers. But like, he's the kind of guy who strikes me. He strikes me as the kind of guy who would just like watch a VTuber in a language he doesn't understand because he thinks she's hot. You know. That makes sense. So then, which Hollow En person is that? Do you think he's oh, going oh, it's for definitely like... Calliope Mori. Okay. Yeah, that makes. Uh, mm. It might be Kiara because Kiara is the most Miho of them. Hmm. I could see. Me. I could see that actually. I could see Honda as like a Kiara guy. We have so much in common. We love women. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I think Honda is also the guy to watch a really obviously gay VTuber and not get it. You know? Mm, Mmm. Yeah. Anzu. Anzu. Hmm. Uh, Hear me out. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, wait. I've changed my mind. I think Miho's the one who watches Hachima. Hmm. Miho just likes all her weird little videos. She thinks they're really funny. That makes sense. I barely know Hachima, but yeah. Um. Anzu. I think Anzu loves VTuber karaoke. Yeah. You think Anzu just watches karaoke clips from different all the different VTubers? I think she watches the full streams. I think she probably has like a little stable of like VTubers that mostly do karaoke and she just kind of watches the karaoke streams. Okay, yeah. They're fun. Um Bakura. <laughs> Bakura. <laughs> As a member of the main cast, Bakura. <laughs> I think regular Bakura doesn't watch VTubers, but uh, Dark Bakura is like a VTuber hound. Just always watching streams. Mm. I think regular Bakura watches Corona. Okay. Yeah. He just likes the little dog. Yeah. He likes watching he, her play Mario. Just, he just, I was literally going to say, he's sitting on his computer, sipping his tea, saying, have confidence. He's not actually British. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need you to understand that Bakura's not actually British. Hello, I'm Bakura. <laughs> um, that's not Yami even, Bakura. That's not even Little Karibo's actual accent. I know, I could, you know, it's hard. Yami Bakura. Yami Bakura, he, he's a member on like 20 different channels. He's just watching streams all the time. He just jumps from stream to stream. He's always giving red super chance. <laughs> yeah, with money that he stole. With Bakura's money. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one who uploads clips that have uh, horny titles to draw your eye for the hollow EM. Yeah, he's just farming the clip. He's just farming the clip yeah. economy. He's got like a million followers on his clip channel. 
And they're all stuff like, Gura talks about women's armpits. Ame said, what? Blushing emoji. (laughs) Uh, Yami Bakura makes like 20 minutes of the most extreme VTuber flirting. Um, Duke Devlin watches Roberu. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Duke Devlin's the one Hollow Stars guy. Duke Devlin is winning, son. Stop. (laughs) Okay, last one. Last one? How many main Yu-Gi-Oh characters are there? it's, It's the boy... Seto Kaiba. Oh, fuck, yeah. Shit. <laughs> I feel like Kaiba watches Pekora. <laughs> As a fellow CEO. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Hear me out, hear me out, okay? Seto Kaiba. Now, you may not even know. You may not even know. Do you know Achon? No. She is one of the, like, Hololive managers who got a VTuber model just because she was, like, doing announcement videos often enough that they gave her a model. And I like <laughs> I like the idea of Seto Kaiba being, like, I don't watch VTubers. I don't have time for that. But, like, secretly, he has, like, the most, like, in-it-too-deep faith, you know? Like, he likes the manager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kaiba losing at a, a card game. <sighs> Pain Pekka. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Actually, Maximilian Pegasus. Oh my Watch god. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a main character of Yu-Gi-Oh. That's debatable. He is the antagonist of Yu-Gi-Oh. Original. He's in the main cast. Stop. <laughs> No, Pegasus loves Pekora. He thinks she's just okay, a fun, the yeah. funniest little rabbit he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, she, now Merrick. <laughs> she's basic. Pekora's basically a toon monster. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about the toon aspect. Yeah. He only watches the hollow myth girls when they're small mode. <laughs> he loves the small Ame streams. <laughs> he, his favorite is when Ame and Small Ame collabed. No, I do think Peg, I do think Pegasus would watch Pekora. What about Merrick? Stop! <laughs> I'm having fun with this one. I ran out of I ran out of solid guesses like five characters ago. <gasps> Boy, okay, Merrick. Okay, Merrick. No, let's let's do Merrick. Um, okay. Fuck. I think Merrick hasn't gotten around... Who's it? I think Merrick hasn't gotten around to VTubers yet, but he's really he's really liked what Bakura has told him about the council. He thinks that sounds cool. Mm. Merrick loves the VTuber lore. Merrick's like, oh, maybe I'll hop on with the new, uh, the new council girls. And maybe he will, but maybe he won't. Yeah, he probably won't. It's like too much Bakura's thing for him to really get into it, you know? <laughs> Look, you don't want to completely steal your boyfriend's interests. Yeah, and sometimes you just want it to, you know, 
sometimes you don't really want to get into it. You just want your boyfriend to explain it to you, you know? Exactly, yeah. It, so it's like a fun little thing they do together, but it's not like they don't watch them together. Yeah, no. Or maybe they watch it sometimes. Like, there was a time when Autumn and I would occasionally watch a Gura stream, and, like, I was more into it than they were. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, a fun little couples thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that's my story. All right. I'm going to go eat lunch. Now, Jaden Yuki. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. I'm out. I'm out of ideas. However, I do. However, I do think that Yusaku from Brains would watch Crony. <laughs> I would also watch. Crony. They just have similar vibes. Um, Mokuba watches Musei. That's it. We're done. All right, we're done. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you on the internet, Nora? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. And you can support this podcast by going to ExportOdd.io or Patreon.com slash ExportAudio to uh, give us money. And, uh, it's good to do that. You'll get most podcasts early. We don't do this one. But the ones that Autumn and I edit, we put up early for patrons. Mm. Uh, including Bag End Book Club. The Tolkien podcast that we do, me and my wife do, with Jackson and M from Abnormal Mapping. Um, we're recording that in a couple hours after I'm recording this. Shit. Is there something else that people get on the Patreon? Maybe something involving you and me? Oh, they also get our fucking Marble Hornets podcast. Hell yeah. Where we where we watch fucking Marble... I, by the way, this has never been like... Uh, a point of the podcast but we do watch them all late at night just because of when we record <laughs> like if, the, if these true. videos of it. if these videos get actually scary i'm fucked because <laughs> i'm watching them like the pitch black hell yeah i'm not but yeah good for you <laughs> actually i uh i hmm, i don't know i haven't really watched a horror movie horror movie but i think i would find horror movies less probably less scary in this apartment than the place i used to live i feel like this is a less scary environment mm. you know mm. when i was a kid understand when i was a kid i used to evaluate every structure i was in for it's like vulnerability to a zombie attack so you know this shit started early yeah i mean who wouldn't Apparently some children do not. Apparently this was weird of me to do. Hmm. Uh, where do people find you online, Olivia? Uh, you can find me online at Great Grebe, which is a type of bird. Um, I'm thinking about the guy who like couldn't figure out my handle. <laughs> G- G-R-E-A-T G-R-E-B-E Great Grebe. It's a type of bird. It's a type of bird. No underscores, just one word. Great Grebe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can find a li- you can find a pin tweet there with links to my other two podcasts, uh, like Novel Not New, which is a visual novel and narrative game podcast, uh, where we just played Overboard, 
and Do Not Steal, which is a tabletop criticism slash OC generation podcast. Definitely the most out there one, but really fun. We actually, we had you on because we did Star Wars, Star Wars Force and Destiny. Yeah. Star Wars Darth Vader from <laughs> Star Wars Luke Skywalker from <laughs> uh, Alright, that's everything for me today. Um well then. Until next time, you know what everyone should do. Get off our decks. Get off our decks. Jesus.